The following audio is from Grace City Church in San Diego, California. More information about Grace City Church is available at gracecitysd.com. Good morning. How's everyone doing? Good. Well, it's Vision Sunday, and uh, if this is your first time here, welcome. Uh, This is a different Sunday from most Sundays because uh, today we get to talk a little bit about what God has been doing through Gray City, where we're at today. And so this is the perfect time if you're new today. And uh, this is an important message for you because it really gives you a picture of who we are as a church, as well as the direction we feel like God is leading us to go. Um, Also, if you've been with us for a while, Hopefully this message is an encouragement to you as we think on where we've been, what God has done, and look forward to what's next. Here's the thing. Grace City is a little over a year and a half old. That's it. And I'm excited to be able to share just all the exciting things that God has done through that time. Um, And I think about just the practical ways that we've been able to love our community. And so even looking outside seeing the backpacks out there. Thank you. Thank you for bringing a backpack this morning for a high schooler because we're gonna be able to deliver those to the office um, this week um, for some students that, um, because here's the thing, when you're in high school, right, you're like, "I'm, I'm a little too cool. And then you add on, like, if you don't have the right school supplies and you kind of try to play that cool thing, you're like, I'm too cool. And you don't wanna reveal that you don't have the school supplies that you need, right? And then you're like, I'm gonna check out from learning. There are no obstacles here for kids to learn. We we wanna provide and help however we can to be a blessing, amen, right? To this community. And we don't want any obstacles for students at this school where we meet every week to have an obstacle to learn. And so uh, that's just a simple way that we wanna love our community. Uh, So today we're gonna be talking about vision. And here's the thing, I wanna be clear. Vision is ultimately God's. Um, This church, we want what God wants. Uh, That means we believe that God is the hero, that if there's anything, any progress that we make, anything that good that that happens in this church, it's this. It's only because of him. It's only because of God, what he's done. Here's what it says in Psalm 37, 23. It says, the Lord makes firm the steps of the one who delights in him. Here is my hope for Grace City, that we're a church that steps in knowing that God is just going to establish what he wants to establish and that we get to delight in him. We're a church that just delights in God. Isn't God so good? Isn't he an amazing God? And so our text today is Colossians 1, 3 through 8. And it's exciting because this sets us up for next month. We're going to be going through Colossians 3 next month in a new series called New. And uh, we're going to be digging into that text of Scripture. Um, So I'm looking forward to that. So come back next week. We'll jump into Colossians 3. But here's the question. Why is Grace City here? I mean, you look at any uh, business leader, any person that's out there, they say, Simon Sinek says, you have to ask the why. Really important to ask the why. Why why do you exist? Why why are you here? And so for us as a church, we have to ask, why do we exist? I was at a beach day uh, in July for Grace City. We were hanging out at the beach. We've got our stuff up, flags, all that. People are walking by. And I saw a, a lady 
from our community. And so uh, for me, I love to be in on what's happening in the community, love to be at some of the meetings that are happening here. So I'm on the UC cluster as the secretary. I'm a part of the UC celebration committee. I'm, I'm a part of these things because I just love being in this community and, and seeing what's happening. And, and there's a lady that came up and, and she said, um, you know, I, I, I see at these things and I just want you to know this. She said, um, Perception of Christians are changing in our community because of what God's doing through Grace City. Perceptions are changing. They say that you're actually doing something. You're, you're, you're bringing good, you're doing good in the community. And so things like backpacks and, and, and serving teachers this week. This week we got to go serve some of the teachers at the uh, PTSA breakfast with the high school here. We want to be involved. We want to make a difference. Because here's our vision. It's to be a church for our city that seeks new life in Jesus. If we say that there's new life in Jesus, but yet we're not for our city, we're not for what people are doing here and and loving people in our community, then what are we doing? We exist here First, to be a church for our city. We are for what, what's happening here, the good things that are happening here, and we want to make a difference. But also, we believe that new life is found in Jesus. That you can have new life in Christ, like we're, however far you are. And here's the thing. We don't want this to be all about Grace City. You're not going to find new life in Grace City. You're not going to find li- new life in a pastor. You're not going to find new life in any of those places. We want you to know that you're going to find new life in Jesus. He's the hero. If there's anything good, it's, it's from him. And so today's message is about why we exist. And here's the truth. We are only here because of God. We really are. We are only here because of God. I believe Grace City was in God's heart long before it was in our heart. And I'll be honest, I never saw myself as a pastor, let alone as a church planter. And so I want to share with you real quickly some of the story of Grace City. And so for us, my family moved to San Diego, October October 2014, uh, from Savannah, Georgia. So we moved cross country. I was a youth pastor in Savannah. That was our family right before we moved. And we were praying, like, God, what do you want us to do with our lives? And so I got a phone call from one of my friends that I've known for a long time, since I was 16 years old. He was uh, one of my youth pastors, and he had planted a church down in Chula Vista. He said, Randall, would you consider planting a church? And I remember the first time he asked me, I was like, man, that's a great vision and all. Thanks for asking, but I'm good. I'm good. I'm okay. Like, I'm not into, like, the whole fundraising thing. And, you know, I was like, yeah, it sounds a little scary to me. I got three kids, little kids. And um, so I don't, I don't know about that. But as we started praying and as we started believing that, okay, God, our lives aren't about us. We're here for others. We start, it started to stir in our hearts that, that we needed to do something. So I remember uh, calling him back and saying, hey, we, we're, we're going to come out there. Don't pay for our trip. Don't do any of that stuff. It will be on, on our dime. We'll come out there. We'll check it out. and We'll see what God's doing. And I remember feeling this strong conviction as we got here, as we started going around, like, this is it. That's where we need to be. And so 
leaving, you know, eight years of being a youth pastor in Savannah, um, it was hard. But I remember coming here and it was Momentum Christian Church and Rise City Church that came alongside us. And so I remember the day that Chris took us aside. They prayed over us. They prayed over what God was doing in our lives and said, okay, we were going to send you guys out to plant a church. And so you pray and just say, God, where do you want us to be in this city? And I remember supporters just coming behind us. And so we were raising support. We're still raising support today. But there are people from Savannah, Georgia, all the way across this country that are supporting what's happening here at Grace City. And it started with prayer. And it started with, okay, God, what, what do you want to do through this family? And sending us out and encouraging us in notes and all those things. And then saying, okay, financially, we want to help support you guys. And so we're sending you out as missionaries to go. And it wasn't just us. It was Billy and Mary who committed to coming. Now, I've known Billy since he was a middle schooler. And Billy is our worship pastor here. And Billy's come a long way since little Billy in middle school, right? I remember him running around doing his thing. And, and now he's up here every week leading our church in music and building up and encouraging amazing, talented guys like Brendan and other people in this band that are, that are here every week worshiping Jesus. And then I remember the first family that said, we're gonna commit to coming to Grace City. It was over a plate of lumpia, the Cahudos. And they believed, they, they were the first couple that we met here in San Diego. And they came to us and just said, hey, I, I think God's calling us to go with you. So we're in. And it started with Bible studies and prayer. It was a little over two years ago where we were just praying in, in my backyard. I'm like, God, okay, you want us to be here. You want us to, to be a part of this community, to help, to be a blessing to other people. And so it was just a handful of us praying together, reading the word. And now, over a year and a half later, since starting public services, by God's grace, we are a growing, thriving church. We're here to be a blessing to this community. See, here's the thing. I want to give a reality check real quick. This is the thing that I keep coming back to. There's a guy that's a missiologist. And so basically what he does is he studies church plants, plants that start. And he says, here, here's what he says. He says, the typical church plant does not break 100 people after four years. And so what God is doing here and just the people that are coming, being a part of this church and this community, it, it blows my mind. See, a year ago in August, August 2016, we, we had 99 people. August 2017, we're averaging 136 total people in August. What happened was last year from August to October, there was 40% growth in the church. Here's the thing. We, we want to see people come, know, and love Jesus. That's why we're here, ultimately. It's, it, that's, that's why we exist. And so behind our mission and our vision, we exist because we believe that God created the church 
not as a social club, which exists for itself, but as a hospital for hurting people to find healing in Jesus. No matter what their past is, no matter where they've been, and also to take the love of Christ to the world. Jesus said in Luke 5, 31 through 32, it is not the healthy who need a doctor, but the sick. I've not come to call the righteous or people who think that they're righteous, holier than thou, but sinners to repentance. Right? People who are struggling, who are hurting, just being transparent like Bella was right up here during announcements. See, it's not, it's not just something, it's all of us. We all need a savior. See, Jesus came for the hurting and broken to give them new life. And, and we exist because we believe new life is possible for anyone in Jesus. No matter where you've been, no matter what the mistakes are that you've made. In the gospel, you can have a sl clean slate in Christ. And so why here? I love University City. My family loves this city. And we are here in this community. And we will pour ourselves out for this community. See, from the mall, which is growing right down the street, you see that, like all the construction and all that stuff? It's crazy. For a five-mile radius, there are over 200,000 people, over 30,000 students at UCSD. It's a hub for medical, biotech industry. It's growing, diverse, with people from all over the world. And here's the stat, the stat that one of my friends, uh, Yukon Chu, who planted a church right down here at Doyle Elementary School, Awesome church, Ethnos Church. He told me, he says, Randall, there are 97% of people who don't go to, don't, they don't have a church home here. They don't go to church anywhere. He says, there's only a handful of us. And so would you consider planting here? See, that's the open spirit. That's the, the heart. That's, it's like all of us coming together as God's church. It's not about like lifting up other churches and saying this one's better than another one. But it's all of us coming together saying, hey, how can we help? How can we be here for others. And so what has God done since we've started? We launched services at UC High School on October 4th, 2015. And since then, yeah, that, that was the trailer we had back then. We used to have to unpack this trailer. It was crazy. Uh, many stories on that. But uh, 36 people since then have been baptized into Christ since we've started. Last year, we planted a church in Loja, Ecuador, Ecuador through Compassion International. And so this is the first picture that we've shown at Grace City of the church that's already gathering in Loja, Ecuador. And, um, and I'm so thankful for that. Um, we have an annual free sports camp for kids in our city. And so we were able to, to serve um, over 70 kids this past year. Uh, just a free sports camp to say, hey, we're here to love our community. And the only entry fee was just school supplies. So we're going to be delivering those on Monday to the elementary schools here. Uh, partnerships with Teen Challenge, campus ministries, local and global organizations and ministries here in our area. 10% uh, of our local giving every week goes towards church planting because we believe in church planting. It's, it's within our DNA. We're a church plant. Here's the thing, somebody sacrificed so that we could be here today. And we wanna do the same thing for those in the future. And so right now, our local giving is 50% to financially sustainable as a church. 
They say that the statistics say that usually church plants want to be in the first, in the third year financially sustainable. And so by God's grace, we're getting there. We're getting there. And here's the thing, it's a process. And God is working on us and we're getting there. And I'm just so thankful for, for where we're at today. In October, uh, we're celebrating our two-year anniversary. Two years, October 1st. And so can we just take a minute to just thank God for all that he's done um, over the past year and a half, almost two years? Like, can we just thank God for that? See, it's because of him we're here in this city. And it's because of him that we want to love our city, no strings attached. There will be people who never walk foot into our service or know about our church. That's okay. We're here to love people because that's how Jesus loved us, right? Jesus loved us, no strings attached. And so our text today is Colossians 1, 3 through 8. And in Paul is writing to this Colossian church, and, and, and it's important because um, this church, it, it was a church plant. And, and so what does the Colossians teach us about a church that was planted, that's healthy and thriving? Well, it tells us this. It tells us that the gospel is dynamically moving, working, shaking things up, making a difference. And so Paul gives us three ways on how the gospel works. And um, so I'm going to give you all three. So if you're taking notes today, or you got the app, you've already got the notes, so you can check it out on there. But here, here's the, the three things that it teaches us. The gospel, the good news of Jesus, points us to God, provides an everlasting hope, and powerfully changes lives. Points to God provides an everlasting hope, powerfully changes lives. And so the first one points to God. Um, if you're looking at the text, look at verse three. Here, here's where it starts. It says, we always thank God, the Father of our Lord Jesus Christ, when we pray for you. And then in verse eight, he says, and Epaphras has made known to us your love in the spirit. So let's break this down. He, he first says this, we always thank God. Now, I want you to know that this, this type of life is not like an average or normal life. Just thanking God. Like if you see anything good happening, you're like, okay, God, it was, it was you, not me. God, we give you the credit, not us. A part of this, as Paul is, is saying this, is this. He's, he's pointing to the Colossians to say, hey, hey, guys, look at God. God. God is so present in your life, in your church. He is all around you. God is there. In his book, Faithful Presence, David Fitch writes this. He says, for a while now in America, we've been missing something. Most of us haven't even noticed We've been rushing back and forth to meetings, to malls, to kids' sports programs. We've been striving to do our jobs, have a respectable career, and pay our bills. All the while, we've missed that God is present all around us and is at work. All we have to do is take notice. See, God is at work all around us. Here's the thing I, I know. 
as we've been on this journey, there are things that have happened and doors that have opened that I said, oh, wow, this, this isn't because we're great. Or we've got like some type of savvy or anything like that. It's just purely God's grace on our lives. Like, man, we, we couldn't have opened that door. We couldn't have done that thing. See, God is at work all around us. And, and Paul points the Colossian church to that fact. And then in verse 8, he says this. He says, your love in the Spirit. Your love in the Spirit. Now, now we, we kind of joke about this. We're like, man, we're a really chatty church. Just love talking to people, love engaging with people. It's just like, man. And, and here's the thing. People ask me like, man, your church is so loving. Well, how did you do it? How did you do that? How did you become such a loving church? It's like, God? <laughs> That's like, God, like when God's working in your life, you like, like other people, want to talk to other people. You know what I mean? Like, okay, like, cool. Like, that, that's, that's it. Like, like, who's the source of everything good that's happening in the Colossian church? Paul is adamant in saying, hey, guys, look at God. Look at him. Look at what he's done. Who's the source of everything good that's happening at Grace City? It's God. It's not us. Like, we're here, we're available, but it all points to, to him. And so Psalm 118.23 says this, this is the Lord's doing. It is marvelous in our eyes. It is the Lord's doing. It's marvelous in our eyes. And so if there's anything good that people see in us or through us, man, it, it's him. We just went back recently to uh, Savannah, Georgia. I was able to share a little bit about all that, that God is doing here. And, um, and like as people watched and we were able to share stories of what God's doing, there were like 70 people in this room that have been praying for us, financially supporting what, what, what's happening here. And they just all started clapping, just thanking God. And so I just want you to know, like, there are so many people that are behind us, that are behind this church, that we, you, you might never see or know or meet. And that's okay. But they're doing it because they, they love God. They love him. And even one of the churches that's supporting us, they, they're saying, man, we're going to send some mission trips out there so there are people that come in to help out and all these things, just to see what God's doing. That's awesome. And so the second point is this, provides an everlasting hope. Look at verses four and five. It says, since we heard of your faith in Christ Jesus and of the love that you have for all the saints because of the hope laid up for you in heaven. Now, in this text, Paul is very specific about the source of their faith and love in Christ. He says it's their hope. Their hope, I mean, you see right there on the wall? Hope. All of us need hope. All of us need hope. Here's the thing. In 1 Peter 1, 3, it says this. It says, praise be to God. In his great mercy, he has given us new birth into a living hope. A living hope through the resurrection of Jesus Christ from the dead. You might be on a lot of different places on the spectrum today when it comes to faith. But as Christians, here's the hope that I have. 
Here's the hope that you have. Is that we have a living hope that Jesus rose from the dead. And in talking with my friend Kevin this past week as we were just meeting up, hanging out, talking. He, he just went to Israel this past summer. Got to walk through Jerusalem, see the streets and the places where Jesus walked. Jesus is a historical figure. And he said, it just brought everything to life for me to be able to walk where Jesus walked. He got to go to the place where they think it's the tomb, right? Like this might be the tomb. But just the, whether it is or not, like that specific tomb within history, we see that Jesus is alive, that he rose from the dead, that there are historical records outside of the Bible and outside of Christian writing that say this. So we've got to figure out, like, what, what do we do with that? Peter says we have a hope. And, and Peter O'Brien, who's a commentator on this text, he says this. He says, Paul has gone out of his way to stress hope. Hope is kept for them in the right place in heaven where no power, human, or otherwise can touch it. This is the gospel message. This is the, the message of hope. It's this. It's a message that if you're broken, if you're weary, you can find hope in Jesus. It's a message about how God pursues and saves sinful, messy people. Because again, if we look at our lives and we say, hey, check out my week. Look at how great I am. We wouldn't want to put it up on the screen and let everybody see it, right? Even today, like some of the things that we thought are done or whatever, like, yet God pursues us in our mess. It's a message of hope. It's a message of understanding that God is a God of grace. That no matter how far you've run, he is lovingly pursuing you. Again, as Bella said, you're not here by accident today. The gospel is a message for you. It's a message of eternal hope. A few months ago, I was up at Mount Soledad and, and I was just looking over our city. I'm telling you, we have one of the most beautiful views of San Diego right up the street. And as you, I was looking over our city, just thinking of like, wow, look at all this stuff. I might be biased, but San Diego is America's finest city. Amen? It is. We have it all here. And I'm looking around, and I'm looking at the landscape. I'm looking at the beauty. I'm looking at the house. I'm looking at all this stuff. And then this thought came to my mind. It won't last. It won't last, right? I mean, the older I get, the, the more I get back pain and all that stuff. I'm like, man, like living a long life, quality of life is really important too. My quality of life seems to be going down the older I get. I need something that's eternal. I need some hope that's going to be beyond me being this broken down dude. Right? And Jesus says there's an eternal hope that you can have through him him that's gospel that's good news hope and when we understand it what happens is this the third point powerfully it powerfully changes lives powerfully changes life uh, verses five and six look at this of this you have heard before 
in the word of the truth, the gospel, which has come to you. Here's the beauty of the message of Christ. He doesn't say come to me in the sense of like you got to work your way to me. He says, I'm going to come to you. That's why Jesus came from heaven to earth and he came to us. See, many of us are like working our fingers to the bone, trying to make our way to God, trying to get our good deeds up to God. No way. No, it's the gospel that came to us. It's God that sent his son to us. He says that good news that came to you. As indeed in the whole world, it is bearing fruit and increasing. As it also does among you since the day you heard it and understood the grace of God in truth. What is it that powerfully changes us from the inside out? Not just being whitewashed tombs on the outside looking good, holier than thou on the outside, but what is it that changes us into different people from the inside out? It's the truth, the gospel, which has come to us. It's when you know that God came to you. It's when you know that God was pursuing you even when you weren't pursuing him. It's that Jesus came and and died for you and your mistakes and your sins. It says, while we were still sinners, Christ died for us. I was talking to a friend the other day. It's like, if you knew me before I knew Jesus, you would never have thought I'd been a pastor. None of my friends did. That's why I said I was unlikely. But that's what Jesus does is he takes the unlikely and he transforms them into something that they could have never been. It starts bearing fruit in your life. It says you understood the grace of God and truth. When you know that God is a God of grace, it, tra- it transforms you. So hold on. God wasn't like ready to lay the smack down on me because I wasn't at church last week and didn't read my Bible every single day and pray and do all these things? How is that possible? Because Jesus did it for you. Jesus did it all for you. And he says, believe on me, believe in what I've done and you'll have eternal life. And then what happens is you start becoming a person that's transformed. You say, wow, he did that for me. He lifted the weight off my shoulders. Now I can follow Jesus every day out of love and gratitude and grace, not out of, I have to follow the rules. It's transformative. See, that's the message that we carry, that God is a God of grace. My friend who's an MMA fighter, big guy, loves Jesus. I remember sitting with him at breakfast and we were talking about the gospel. And here's the thing. He, every time he goes into the, the octagon, he is judged on his performance, whether he wins or loses. And people look at him and make assumptions about him because of his record. And so being able to tell him, hey, Phil, your, your life is not based off of your wins and loss record. Like he was a champion. It's not based off of that, but it's, it's based off of what Jesus has done for you. And it's all in the win category with him. 
He said, this is the best news that really not very many people have heard. And we want to change that. We want to help people to understand that God is a God of grace that comes to us, that loves us in our mess, that transforms us as we say, Lord, we need you. We repent. Lord, you're right, I'm wrong. I need you in my life. And so what's next for Grace City? Quickly, we have three focuses. The first one is this, gospel saturation for our church. Here's what this means. Verse seven says that you learned the gospel from Epaphras. Now, this word in the Greek for learn is that he broke it down for them. He broke it down. It's step by step. Here's what the gospel is. Here's what Christ has done for you. He just breaks it down so that they had a new perspective on life. They had a new lens on how to see the world. They had a new lens on how they see themselves. Because I don't know about you, but there are times where I look in the mirror and I say, Randall, you haven't done enough today. And it's that thing that's going on in the back of your head, right? Like I gotta do more, 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 more. But then when you see the gospel, you see, hold on, wait. Jesus' last words on the cross were, it is done. It's finished. So I'm putting all this pressure on myself. I know there's things that have to be done, but I gotta know real quickly, the most important thing that ever needed to be accomplished in this world is done. It's finished. I can live my life and be free because of him. Whoa, that's transformative. See, but it's, it's learning the gospel and how to preach the gospel to yourself. How do you preach the good news to yourself? See, it's not just some people who should be preachers. It's all of us. Because here's the thing. You are preaching to yourself every day. You don't know that, but you are. You're preaching to yourself. I'm not good enough. I got to do more. I, I, I'm got to get my life together. Got to get things straightened out. You're preaching to yourself a sermon every day. But my hope is that as Grace City, we start preaching a different message to ourselves. We start preaching to ourselves the gospel, the good news of Jesus and what he's done for us, and that we are children of God. And so we're going to be doing city groups, and, and here's our goal. I want 10 city groups. And I remember the first time I was talking to our, our uh, team leader, I said, we want 10 city groups. I'm like, what? I'm like, it seems a little audacious. It's crazy. 10. Right now we've got nine. We've got nine. Yeah. So uh, if you're number 10, go sign up. <laughs> right? <laughs> we're looking for you. Number 10. But here's the thing. In our, all of our city groups this fall, we're going to be doing something called the Gospel-Centered Life. It's just a nine-week curriculum. It's what we started with with Grace City from the beginning. We're going to be going through this together as a church. Awesome resource. Just helping us to know how to preach the gospel to ourselves. How to encourage each other in knowing what Jesus has done for us. And then in October, as we get going, as that two-year anniversary comes, we're going to be going through a series called Everyday Gospel. Because here's the thing. Just knowing, breaking it down, how does it apply to us? So from work life to rest to healthy rhythms within life, all those things. God speaks into those things. How can, can we practically 
preach the gospel to ourselves, the good news of what Christ has done. So first thing for our church this fall, this is what we're going after is gospel saturation. The second is prepare for growth. Here's the thing it says in verse six. It says that the gospel is bearing fruit and increasing. So when it's talking about bearing fruit, there's like spiritual maturity that's happening within believers because of the gospel. It's bearing fruit in our lives. We are growing in our relationship with Christ, but also it's increasing. And what what it's talking about there is that there are people who are coming to know Jesus. There there are new believers that are coming to know Christ. So it's increasing. And our hope is, is that there will be new people who know Jesus as their Lord and Savior, who come to faith in Christ. That is what we're going after. That's what we hope, is that the gospel bears fruit in their lives. Here's the thing. The crazy part is from last August to October, there was a 40% growth at Grace City. And from August to October this year, like I'm telling you, like I remember preaching to like the setup team and we're in here. Like, well, sorry, you gotta hear me preach too. <laughs> so he said everything, well, let's go tear it down. I'm telling I'm like, that's what it was. I was scared. <laughs> I was really scared, but that's the truth. And by God's grace, we're able to reach people. It's, this is awesome. So I'm thankful for everything that's happening. And, and here's the thing. It's like we have a two-year anniversary right around the corner. And last year, there were 231 people that were there. And so this year, I'm hoping that there will be more people. They'll be able to experience what, what we're about in, in this church. And so here's our audacious goal. For that day, I've talked about this with our team leaders. We're going to do one day where it's a 9 a.m. and 11 a.m. service. Because... Vision casting for the future, our hope is that we can have two services. There are people that have been serving and serving and serving. Like there are amazing volunteers in the back right now that are serving our kids, loving our kids. Yeah. And I'm telling you, I, I tell this to them. What they do is just as important as what I do. It is. It is so important. And so my hope is in the future we'll be able to have two services and they'll be able to just kind of come in and chill and rest for one, right? Be able to just soak it in, keep serving, doing their thing. But here's the thing. We're not, we're not there yet for two services. But my hope is that we'll prepare for it. And that's what we want to do as a church. And so here's how we're preparing. We right now are trying to build up our volunteer base. Here's the cool part. It's... The size of our church, we have 61 total volunteers that serve. That's awesome. And so we want to build up rotations of people that are able to serve each week and, and, and build that up. And so I'm thankful for every one of the, the people that help each week make this happen. And uh, here's the thing. Would you join us in just praying? Praying daily at 2 o'clock for that two-year anniversary till it comes. So we're praying every day as a team. We got 12 team leaders that are awesome people that are praying and making it happen every week. And so here's the last point. We want to expand God's kingdom. So 
Verse 6 says, as indeed in the whole world. Here's the cool part. Ecuador church plant. There's an Ecuador church plant that was started last year. And October 8th, we're going to be able to adopt some kids from that village. October 8th. There are going to be packets here through Compassion International. And we can be a part of sponsoring kids in that village. And here's the thing. By next summer, 2018, we're going to take a trip to Ecuador. We're going to go out there and see this church plant and be a part of it. And so just some last next steps. Please pray. Would you give yourself sacrifice saying, okay, Lord, I'm in. Would you invest? Say, I'm here. My prayer and my wife's prayer from the beginning of the year has been, Lord, root us in this city. We want to be here to love our community. I was reading a book and it was about this pastor who had lived in a community for 40 some years. And as I was reading it, I had to stop, close the book, put it down, and I just started to tear up. And I said, Lord, if you would allow for me and my family, to invest in this community for the next 40 years would be the greatest joy of my life. To be able to do this, to be able to pour ourselves out for this community and say, we're here, we love you. We're blessed to be a blessing. See, God is writing a story and it's all because of the one story. The story about the son who came down from heaven to earth, lived a perfect life, died for my sin and your sin on the cross, rose from the dead, and his story is now echoing through eternity. Eternity. He's working in this city. We praise God for that. Let's pray. Jesus, thank you for what you're doing. I pray, Lord, that... um, that we'll just give ourselves away for the glory of God. We're here to sacrifice. You know that, Lord, within my heart. Um, Do whatever it takes, Lord, to help others to make this place better for the glory of God. So, Lord, I just pray that um, our church hold on to that vision and we're able to be a part of that. In Christ's name, amen. Thank you for listening to this resource from Grace City Church. If you found this helpful, feel free to share it and enjoy more resources at gracecitysd.com. Grace City Church exists to equip people with the gospel for everyday life.